Today, we're talking about worship. Worship. And there are two major things that I want to bring out to us about worship. Number one is identity in worship. And number two is the quality of worship. Now, there are a lot of things to talk about in regards to this. First of all, let's look at what worship is. Worship is a response of adoration, reverence, and veneration to the nature, to the quality, and to the value of its object. Worship is different from praise, and I'll explain more about that in just a little bit. But worship is the most important aspect of our relationship in regards to communion with our Creator, with God Almighty. So in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, the Scripture gives the summation of God after He has created the world. He has created the heavens and the earth and universe and what He has done. Then the Scripture summarizes everything with this statement in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. God saw all that He had made, and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning the sixth day. God saw. Think about that. God saw after he had done all of that magnificent work, including creating humanity. We are the seed of that creation. God saw means that God looked, appraised, and evaluated that which he had created, including mankind, and determined it to be very good. Now, one of the things that happened after the creation of mankind was man entered God's rest. He entered the Shabbat, the seventh day. In that time with God, many things were imparted in a practical way that God is still talking about today with us, like in Hebrews, when he talks about us entering into his rest. That is a powerful teaching even in regards to worship. But in regards to us being very good, one of the things that God has put within us is the ability to worship Him, to acknowledge Him and to put Him first. The first instructions in the garden after be fruitful, multiply, have dominion, is God then talks to mankind, male and female, about a tree of life and a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the tree of the knowledge of good and evil represented his sovereignty, but it goes beyond his sovereignty. It represented his essence, his nature, his value, his quality. And he said to man, don't eat from that tree, because there is a certain aspect of God's quality, value, and essence that is for him alone. And when man interfered with that, he fell from dominion, he fell from his great position of influence, rulership, and leadership in the earth. Even the animals began to frighten him after he fell because worship or the honor and adoration for his creator was tainted. He mixed something with it 
And one of the things he mixed with it was disobedience. He partook of the tree, male and female. The female did and gave it to him, and he partook. So once again, worship is a response to the adoration, reverence, and veneration to the nature, the quality, and the value of its object. In our case, it is toward God Almighty. So let's look at identity in worship. First of all, worship is three things. Number one, it is spiritual. Number two, it is personal. And number three, it is corporate. Let's look at, once again, identity and worship. First thing in looking at this aspect of worship is it is important to identify the target of your worship. Here's another thing about worship. Worship is ascribed to. Now let me draw some parallels between worship and praise because most often we confuse the two and we're praising God when he wants us to worship him and then we're worshiping God when he wants us to praise him. So it's important to know the difference. And there are times when they are incorporated. But it is very important to recognize the distinction between the two and to operate the two in excellence. Praise is a response to the authority, power, status, and possessions of its object, such as a position of sovereignty like to be or to have or to do, like a sovereign has power and so on. Praise is to describe. Praise is a description of or about a person, place, or thing. Whereas worship is to ascribe. Praise is to describe. There's a very strong difference. Worship is an ascription. Praise is a description. Once again, it is extremely important as we move forward and gain momentum to know the difference. That is a key element in being excellent in worshiping God and setting him apart beyond and above everything else, beyond our intercession, our petitions, our own personal feelings, our immediate thoughts that try to interrupt our worship. Worship is something totally set apart in its purest element, in its purest form. Now there is an aspect of worship where it's you and Yahweh, you and God, in a sense of closeness and a sense of intimacy, but beyond that, because just because a person is intimate doesn't mean they're worshiped. In fact, you can be intimate with someone, but you're not to worship them. You can be close to someone, but you're not to worship them. And oftentimes, intimacy is confused with worship. When intimacy may be incorporated into a certain part of worship, but intimacy with God is not worship of God. That is very important to know. Nor is just meditating to calm and to be quiet and to experience the goodness of God worship. Now, a type of meditation can be worship, but when meditation is about us mostly, then it is not worship because worship is ascribing something to its object, in our case, to our creator. 
So it's very important that as we're looking at prayer, we understand what God has called us to. And our mission statement is, we are presenting the gospel of the kingdom in worship, word, and service with excellence in motion. So if we're presenting the gospel of the kingdom in worship, we have to learn how to be excellent in worship. If we're presenting the gospel of the kingdom in word, we have to be taught in the word, not only in worship, but in other areas to be excellent in that. And if we are to present the gospel of the kingdom in service, we have to learn to serve with excellence and nothing less than excellence. Now, on the journey of getting to excellence, you know, there's apprenticeship. Everything may not be in the mature ranks, but you can be excellent even in your learning stages. You can be excellent when you're falling here and there in the process of growing and developing. How do you become excellent? Being on time, being faithful, going that extra mile, even when you fall short, you still go that extra mile. You exercise self-discipline. All of those are qualities of excellence regardless of where you are on the scale of growth or maturity. So you don't have to be totally mature in order to move in excellence. We can move in excellence at any stage along the way. And as a result of that, we grow more and more into efficiency with excellence in everything we do. And so worship is that way. Would you say worship? And so here's something about worship that is very important for us to know in regarding to identifying the target of our worship is that we are ascribing worship to a person in a place. We are ascribing worship to a person in a place. Let me give you a little more on ascribe. Worship is an ascription, as I said, but to ascribe is to attribute something to. That's very important, is to attribute something to. It's not about, it's to. Praise is about or of. Worship is to. And in our case, it is to God himself. We are ascribing to God. Now see, if I said to Doug, wow, here's what praise is. Boy, you have on some nice clothes today. Your beard looks so great, and it looks so clean and crisp and perfect. And, and, and oh, your glasses, your, you just look great in your outfit. And by the way, uh, Doug, my goodness, you spoke with such elegance this morning, and so on and so on. What have I done? That's praise. I have described some things about him, even to him. Worship is different. Worshiping God is ascribing, attributing things to him, and I'll talk more about that. So to ascribe is to attribute something to, regard a quality as belonging to. Ascription is attribution of something to a cause, the attribution of a text, quotation, or work of art to a particular person or period. The action of regarding a quality as belonging to someone or something. So, as we identify the target of our worship, 
we are identifying and recognizing a person in a place. Hence, it takes us, first of all, to Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Who are we identifying? Matthew 6, 9, our Father which art in heaven. The one we're identifying is our Father. And where is he? He is in heaven. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, this is the New International Version, hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Holy, set apart, sanctified, sacred is your name. That's venerating him, giving him that kind of honor and giving him the highest esteem. And so in worship, we identify the target. That is vital because so often the target is missed when we are worshiping God. As we have noticed, not having been taught on worship, we can be sitting down during our time of worship, and if a thought comes to you about something you forgot, and if it happens to be in the kitchen or something and somebody's next to you is, in, is going down there, you will whisper something to them because it's convenient to just say it right now and as they're going out and they'll do it. Or something else is going on and you have a thought and the person next to you, you don't want to forget that thought. So you will interrupt your own worship with God and say something to somebody else. You have just done what Adam and Isha did in the garden, you have just tainted worship. You have just taken something that God said is for him alone, and you have thrown something else in there with it. You have touched it with something that it's not supposed to be touched with. Do you understand when I'm talking about worship? It's different from praise. It's different from intercession. It's different from thanksgiving and so on. Worship is the one thing the one element in our relationship with God that is for him and him alone. And it's never, ever to be touched by our own person or selfish things or our own personal desires or conveniences. Now that would sound in the natural like it is legalism and it's a restriction. No, I'm not talking about religion and I'm not even talking about Christianity. I'm talking about a king and his kingdom and how he operates his kingdom. He is sovereign. He is majesty. Now, I've just mentioned words of praise about him. And therefore, in his sovereignty, he has laid out in his word how we are to live with him, how we are to act and how we are to be how we are to live before him, how we are to act and how we are to be in his presence and in the world and in his presence in various ways. There are times in his presence to just shout and dance and to laugh and even joke around. There's pure and clean jokes and so forth. But there is also a time in his presence to do absolutely nothing but set him apart and allow him to be who he is. Now, there are many things that I have to share with you on this, but my time is up. But I want to give you this one scripture here in the New International Version. This is 1 Peter 3, 15. But in your hearts revere, that is veneration, in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. 
that's setting him apart. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. He starts this off by saying, set apart the Lord in your heart. The New Living Translation says, instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. But we are to set him apart. And so as we get into this over the upcoming weeks, you're going to learn some things that the world has been waiting for and that the body of Christ don't know about. The body of Christ has been worshiping God, but they have been mixing it with everything else. It's a mixture. They're worshiping ignorantly, even though they know the one whom they worship. Unlike the Samaritan that Yeshua, Jesus, was talking to, he said, you Samaritans don't know who you worship. We know who we worship. The thing is, we know who we worship, but we just don't know how to worship. And so that's what we're going to learn so that there's going to be an explosion, not only here, but all over the world and all over the earth because we are taking the time at the very root level to develop what God has intended us to have from the beginning. Adam messed up with it. Isha messed up with it. But we are going to get it right. And we are going to present it, the kingdom to the world, in worship, in word, and in service. And we're going to do this in a way that is going to change, literally change the globe. Literally, literally change the globe. So this is not some real religious thing. And it's for everyone, even if you are faint of heart, you can become strong. Let the weak say... Let the weak say, let the weak say, I am strong. And you see, worship will help us to become stronger, but we have to know how to do it. Three major things here, worship, word, and service. Say it with me, worship, word, and service. And because these are major, we're going to spend a lot of time on them. And you will know this in your sleep. You will live it in your sleep. You will practice it until it becomes a lifestyle. And that means you will be able to hear God, Yahweh, at any second or any moment of the day. Miracles are going to happen because corporately we're worshiping, personally we're worshiping, and we're in the spirit, worshiping spiritually. And as we do this, you learn how to walk in this, even when you're, when you're out doing other things, they're times when you'll just set him apart in your heart. Miracles will happen without you even thinking about miracles. People's lives will be changed without you even thinking about their lives being changed. Why? Because of the presence of God that is with you and on you. And what is our vision? It is to restore the presence of God where? In the world. And to magnify his presence, restore his presence in the earth, magnify his presence in the world. And so this is the first stage in that. I cannot stress how vital this is. 
if we get this wrong, we will get nothing right. We must not eat from the tree that God says is for him and him alone.